ప్రేమ స్వరూపులారా ఎంబోడిమెంట్స్ ఆఫ్ లవ్ శాంతిని లోపల ఉన్నది కానీ బయట లేదు పీస్ ఇస్ విత్ ఇన్ నాట్ అవుట్ సైడ్ అవుట్ సైడ్ నో పీస్ ఓన్లీ పీసెస్ డియర్ లిస్నర్ సైరామ్ అండ్ గ్రీటింగ్స్ ఫ్రమ్ ప్రశాంతి నిలయం వెల్కమ్ టు అవర్ రేడియో ప్రోగ్రామ్ అవుట్సైడ్ ఇన్సైడ్ డీప్ ఇన్సైడ్ This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live hosted by Bishu Prosti. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 22nd March 2018. Dear listeners, Sairam from Prashant and Lim. I'm Team Radio Sai's Bishu. Today is March 22nd, 2018. The summer is on in Prashantanilam and often during these times, Bhagwan would leave for Bhandavan and then subsequently go to Kodekanal with a group of few students and guests. And then, only then, devotees would leave Puttaparthi and be saved from the rising, soaring temperatures. And now, once Bhagwan goes to Bhandavan or Kodekanal, now people can have his darshan in the cool and beautiful and warm environment of Bhandavan or in the green and serene hill station of Kodekanal. And the boys who would have the opportunity to travel with Bhagwan to Kodekanal would be in the 17th heaven because what a joy it is to share the same house, the same roof with the Lord. there would be sessions after sessions with bhagwan in sai shruti bhagwan's abode in kodekanal and what amazing moments there would be swami would every now and then be materializing something or the other from the times of ramayana or mahabharata and narrating those stories other times he would go out on drives and there would be picnics with the students every day he would give them something or the other and in the sessions which were so informal swami would just let his hair down so to say and recall his dearest devotees and so excitedly share their stories wow you you would be transported with swami to those times and be touched by the depth of the love those souls had for bhagwan they have imprinted themselves in god's heart i recall swami very fondly remembering the raj mata of navanagar the exemplar devotee whose faith to swami and the commitment to bhagwan's mission is beyond parallel dear listeners in the last two episodes of outside inside deep inside i have been sharing with you the story of mrs ratanlal the diamond of a devotee who left her mortal coil in this month of march in 2017 her life is full of life lessons on devotion acceptance and surrender and today we will continue that story and even as i do that i will also share with you the story of how the rajmata of navanagar maharani gulab kunwarba also came to swami because both these stories the story of mrs ratanlal and the story of the maharani of navanagar are connected we have reached that point in mrs ratanlal story where both these tales intersect so in the last session on march 15 2018 i told you how swami visited the house of mr and mrs atal in mumbai and the miracle cures that happened there which instilled formidable faith in the heart of mr ratanlal and many others and then i went on to narrate how mr and mrs ratanlal came to prashantilyam subsequently and how in spite of a million inconveniences here they felt that they were in heaven they were in bliss so enraptured by the sweetness of sai and also the amazing transformation of mr ramchand 
the vigilance officer from Delhi who wanted to check if Bhagwan was materializing currency notes and what would be the repercussions and so on. So I narrated a lot of instances and the story of how Mr. and Mrs. Ratanlal came to Bhagwan. And then I told you how when Bhagwan went to Mumbai in March 1967, what happened then and the way Bhagwan took his voice to this city and stage to play. So we'll continue the story from there. So Bhagwan reached Mumbai on March 16, 1967, and he took along with him 60 students. The students. staged two moving dramas in the vallabhai patel stadium both written and directed by bhagwan himself one on radha bhakti and the other on sakubai and the programs were a grand success his excellency the governor of maharashtra who was present for the dramas he said as he was congratulating the boys on their commendable performance he said you are the emissaries of the great culture of this land Swami addressed mammoth gatherings at King Circle and at the Vallabhai Stadium and people who heard him in their hearts the lamp of wisdom was lit because Swami said fire and water in conjunction produce steam and this steam can haul heavy wagons along Swami was referring to the steam engines and similarly Swami said karma and upasana action the path of action and worship together produce jnana wisdom and once you have wisdom then swami says just like steam can haul heavy engines heavy wagons along heavy bogies along similarly through jnana you will be able to carry heavy loads of the consequences of thoughts deeds and words of many previous birth many previous careers on earth and then bhagwan emphasized a lot on the students and swami said like the tiger which refuses grass however hungry it may be man must refuse to descend to the low levels of scandal sadism and miserliness the greed and selfishness that are infecting this country are tragedies for humanity because india has the role of guiding and leading mankind to the goal of self realization and then looking at the youth swami said youth in india are today growing up in the hot house of faction and passion not as in the past in the cool bowers of reverence and humility elders indulge in fratricidal fights vengeful litigations corrupt means of earning money and cutthroat competition and their lower behavior in the home in the village in the clubs in the civic bodies in the legislatures in all walks of life set standards for the youth swami was also referring to how people are not setting good examples for the youth and swami said indian culture which is really international in its outlook has to be taught and lived in the schools and colleges of india only then india and the world can live in happiness and in contentment and again addressing the youth he said you all are my limbs you are nourished by me you constitute the sai body sai will send you sustenance wherever you are whatever your function provided you give sai the things sai considers desirable provided you live a life of virtue faith discipline humility and reverence It's so fantastic swami is telling the you that you constitute my body bhagwan also referred to the sevadal and said the members of the sri satyasai sevadal must be saturated with devotion to god and service to man these are like the starting and the end point of the pilgrimage called life 
the sevadal must be eager to serve and be able to serve intelligently sincerely and gladly so this is how the trip in 1967 march in mumbai went on swami also emphasized the establishment of hostels where students can imbibe the disciplines of yoga and sadhana along with pursuing the normal secular studies and it should happen in an atmosphere of silence and serenity and even as bhagwan was speaking from the podiums from the stages he would always come down and you know he go and grace the sick the old the mentally challenged the socially outcast and so on he also went to houses of some devotees he graciously responded and sanctified their call and their homes and sometimes these homes were often on the upper floors of liftless mansions we are talking about 60s but swami happily climbed up and you know descended many stairs a day he was just happy going to any extent to confer joy confer bliss and it is on this occasion that he also visited the house of mrs ratanlal and the way this happened is very interesting in fact it was mrs ratanlal who was instrumental in getting the stage done for the drama in the vallabhai patel stadium bhagwan was to speak in the stadium on 16th march and on 15th swami spoke to mrs ratanlal and taking that opportunity mrs ratanlal asked bhagwan swami can i make a stage and swami said okay go on and she started making the stage she was also cooking food at home and bringing for swami and his guests to dharmakshetra where bhagwan was residing then and when she started making the stage a senior devotee close to bhagwan somehow felt that the stage is not proper and who is she to do the stage and so even as she was doing the stage there were a lot of obstacles created she would make the stage and the next the stage would be pulled down in the next session so this happened a couple of times and and this was testing her patience and resilience and finally she goes to bhagwan and says swami can you please tell this gentleman to allow me to make the stage and when she says that to bhagwan swami laughs and then swami calls the gentleman and swami says what she is doing is correct why don't you allow her i have given her permission to make the stage and even as bhagwan was giving this instruction to that senior person and telling her that yes you can go on make the stage swami also told mrs ratanlal you know what i will come to your home today for dinner this was 12 o'clock 12 noon and the stage was being prepared for the next day's function and now swami is telling mrs ratanlal i am going to come to your house for dinner and mrs ratanlal was wondering how is she going to make all the arrangements because she has already so occupied preparing the stage preparing the stadium and also cooking every day she was running pillar to post every day she was completely occupied running between dharmakshetra and our home and trying to make all these arrangements for swami's boys and his guests and now swami says he is going to come to her home too and she for 5 minutes she became still she didn't know how to respond and uh, she said okay swami and at that point in time you know there were no seva dals the satya organization had not yet formed so she didn't know what to do she just called a few devotee friends and she just prayed she just prayed picked up courage and even as she was leaving dharmakshetra that day she picked up vegetables and her immediate thing was to make snacks and tea for all the people who are working at the stadium that she has to do by 5 o'clock in the evening and when she did that she went there and you know, there were few of her friends there and she said why are you so worried and uh, she said that 
nothing you know swami has told he is going to come to my house now in a few hours and i don't know how i'm going to do this i love flowers but there are no flowers i'm not able to find those kind of flowers and i don't know who can help me and these two people come forward and they say don't worry don't worry mrs ratnal you just give us the car keys and we will do everything else and that's it after an hour after she has finished her work in the vallabhai patel stadium serving all the guests she goes back home and she can't imagine what has happened to her home her home is completely transformed it is not just flowers there are like elaborate floral decorations there are even rangolis in front of her home everything is so beautiful so glorious so tastefully created it's like someone has just come and waved a magic wand and everything has changed she couldn't believe what she was seeing and immediately that is how bhagwan when he gives us a responsibility he also gives us the ability we can see this ability we can live up to this opportunity only when we have that faith we have to take that test with complete faith they say when you have little faith you can go to heaven but when you have great faith heaven will come to you and that is what mrs ratnalal experienced on that day and that is what is the story of mrs ratnalal's life with bhagwan too she did so many things for bhagwan and every opportunity there were so many obstacles but swami kept giving her higher responsibilities and she lived up to it with greater faith in bhagwan's love in his grace in his power and that is how her life became a life which did not know how not to think of bhagwan did not know how not to experience the grace of bhagwan everything starts with faith once the light of faith is lit in our hearts after that we never know the amount of strength that gets poured into our being in fact i'm reminded of this very beautiful song itni shakti hame dena data you know we are praying to the lord man mein vishwas asking for that vishwas itni shakti hame dena data that's how the song goes and let me play a few lines of the song because it is so appropriate here here we are asking for the lord to fill us with the shakti of that bhakti that shakti of that shraddha इतनी शक्ति हमें देना दाता मन का विश्वास कमजोर होना इतनी शक्ति हमें देना दाता मन का विश्वास कमजोर होना हम चले नेक रस्ते पे हमसे भूल कर भी कोई भूल हो ना इतनी शक्ति हमें दे ना दाता मन का विश्वास कमजोर हो ना हम चले नेक रस्ते पे हमसे भूल कर भी कोई भूल हो ना इतनी शक्ति हमें देना दाता मन का विश्वास कमजोर हो ना 
सो इतनी शक्ति हमें दे न दाता मन के विश्वास कमजोर होना सो दैट इज वी आर प्रेइंग टू द लॉर्ड दैट गिव अस दैट स्ट्रेंथ सो दैट आवर फेथ नेवर एवर वीकेंस सो व्हाट आल्सो हैपेंड इन दिस ट्रिप व्हेन भगवान विजिटेड मुंबई इन मार्च 1967 इज द राजमाता ऑफ नवानगर आल्सो saw swami for the first time and the way it happened is through mrs ratanlal she called up mrs ratanlal and said can i have an audience with swami now mrs ratanlal in those days had a boutique which sold expensive jewelry precious stones and clothes and her clients consisted of all the high net worth individuals and the royalty and the rajmata was one of her biggest customers biggest clients and the daughter of the rajmata also was a very close friend of mrs ratanlal and this meeting of mrs of the rajmata with bhagwan for which mrs ratanlal was instrumental was the turning point was a point where it completely changed the direction of rajmata's life in fact from later on as we know she became one of the original members of the sri satyasai central trust when it was founded in 1972 and later bhagwan nominated her to the university trust too as well as to the world council of satyasai seva organization so all these started the journey started in march 1967 when she first time saw bhagwan but before this so much had happened so much had unfolded with her husband and in her family in preparation of this moment so let me go back and share some details of that story because that is a very very moving tale how this entire drama unfolded as many are aware prior to independence india consisted of a number of small medium and big princely states and it was ruled by kings by rajas and maharajas and later the britishers ruled over india but these institutions of these princely states remained though with much less power and influence and after india attained independence from the british all the princely states were merged into the indian republic so the princely state of navanagar in the present state of gujarat was one such kingdom and maharaja shri digvijay singh ji popularly known as jam sahib was the successor to the throne of late maharaja shri ranjit singh ji of navanagar the interesting thing about this kingdom was even after india attained independence and the princely states were no more sovereign rulers of those areas but the people were so happy with the love of the king with the amount of work that the maharaja and maharani had done for all their subjects that they continue to consider this king as the raj pramukh as the leader so he was still the de facto leader of that region and he was also very keenly involved in the authentic reconstruction of the historic shiva temple in gujarat the somnath temple so because of all these regions the people of that area of saurashtra they loved the king they loved maharaja shri digvijay singh ji and the first time jam sahib or this maharaja digvijay singh ji heard about bhagwan was through a friend in 1958 now at that point in time the maharaja was very sick and they had their own guru he was a realized soul 
and they would never do anything without the consent of this guruji and this friend who had heard about bhagwan and informed maharaja had also told him that shri satyasai baba had granted him a vision of lord krishna and maharaja was very touched by that because is there someone on the earth who can grant the vision of lord krishna and this friend also gave the maharaja a copy of the first volume of satyam shivam sundaram the maharani read it but for some reason the maharani was not very impressed she thought that probably somebody is eulogizing shri satyasai baba man saying that this man has extraordinary powers but who knows maybe all this is publicity so she just read the book but she did not think about it much some years went by and now the maharaja's health deteriorated further and the maharani was looking for solutions everywhere to ease the pain of maharaja at this point in time there was a the gentleman called mr chudasama he told that there is dr gardia who is a sai devotee and he will be able to arrange sai bhajans for them in their palace and maybe that could comfort the jam sahib the maharaja and dr gardia was duly contacted and he arranged a bhajan session and the maharaja and the maharani were very happy with the bhajan session they felt so much peace they appreciated that effort of dr gardia and in fact they asked for a second bhajan session and that was arranged on the following week tuesday that was to be on the 1st of february 1965 but even before that could happen suddenly there was a call for dr gardia from puttaparthi he got this message that swami is asking him to come to puttaparthi and 3 days later the jam sahib became critically ill there was a gall bladder stone and that was giving him such intense pain that he was getting just restless he was unable to bear that pain the doctors were not able to do anything to ease that pain no medication helped and they were saying probably surgery is the only option we are talking about 60s so we didn't have those kind of advanced medical procedures then to ease the pain immediately and the maharaja was becoming very frail and the maharani didn't know what to do she didn't think it was a wise option to move the maharaja to mumbai for the operation because the maharaja was a very well built person and she was not sure if he can really take that journey and the maharaja was in so much constant pain that the maharani she was clueless she was only watching her husband in helpless condition and in fact the suffering became so unbearable that one day the maharaja called the doctors and said if you cannot do anything can you please let me die can you just do something so that i leave the body because i am unable to bear this much of torture in the meanwhile the maharani sent for their guruji who always was their person they went to whenever there was a problem and the guruji for some reason was away he was not in his station he came 3 days later so on the fourth day when the guru maharaj came to jamnagar he had gone to a trip to many surrounding villages and now when the guruji came and he saw the condition of the maharaja and the maharaj then this guru asked for some milk and fruit and then the maharani thought perhaps the last moments of maharaja has come but suddenly 
this guru did something very unusual he was sitting on a cushion and there was nothing below that cushion or around that cushion but unexpectedly from as if out of nowhere he brought out a rolled sheet of paper and when he opened that was a photograph of shri satya sai baba and this guru then asked the maharani to place this photo next to maharaja's bed and said we must pray to shri satya sai baba from today we have to do worship we have to offer flowers and pay our reverence and she also asked that jam sahib should personally offer his prayers and after they kept that photograph next to his bed for some reason the maharaja started feeling better and surprise after surprise followed the next evening there was a post and in it there was a letter from one mr dikshit and this dikshit said that he is writing this on the personal instruction of shri satya sai baba and the message said that the maharani should not worry about her husband's illness all that has to be done is to apply vibhuti every day on the area of the pain and that packet of vibhuti came through that post with this message and the letter from bhagwan said that very soon maharaja will be fine the maharani was very taken aback with the turn of events first of all when the guru maharaj came from out of nowhere he produced this picture of shri satya sai baba and told that we should pray to him and she has never ever mentioned about satya sai baba or the maharaj also had never before talked about satya sai baba and the strangest of all the next day again this mysterious post comes and there is vibhuti in there and she was wondering how does this baba who is supposed to be in puttaparthi know about what is happening in our family but the guruji was not surprised at all in fact his guruji said that he was expecting something like this to happen so that is what they did from the next day onwards they applied the vibhuti on his stomach and within 24 hours of the application of vibhuti there was such great improvement that the pain completely subsided and in a week the maharaja was completely free of all trauma of all semblance of pain in fact recalling those moments the rajmata says my husband was a changed man after that he lived for exactly a year after that day's crisis but that was such a peaceful period it was like a gift from baba to him and he became completely religious and spiritual during that year after he was cured it was as if something was cured in him in his physical and mental and psychological space too because it was a change that altered him so completely that he became an altogether different man it was a change the maharani said i have never been able to bring about with all my earlier efforts but shri satya sai baba had done it just like that with that vibhuti and when the maharaja recovered the maharani was happy to arrange for scriptures to be read to him because the maharaja had become very religious now and the maharaja also had become a very calm person he had become a very happy person and he only longed to see bhagwan 
and so efforts were made to arrange a meeting between him and Bhagwan when Swami was in Pune and Mumbai, but that somehow didn't work out at that point in time. And meanwhile, what happened was war broke out between India and Pakistan. We are talking about the period April 1965 and September 1965. You know, during that period, there were a lot of skirmishes that took place in the Indo-Pakistan border. And finally, there was this war in September 1965. It was a 17-day war that caused uh, huge casualties on both sides. And in fact, it witnessed the largest engagement of armored vehicles and the largest tank battle since World War II. So that is how huge this battle was, this war was. And when the war broke out, Jamnagar was bombed and it was heavily damaged. In fact, Radio Pakistan announced that the Jam Sahib's palace in Jamnagar has been razed to the ground and there were no survivors of the royal family. This is what the radio reported. But the truth was very different. Several unexploded shells were found within the immediate grounds of the palace. Amazingly, not a single bomb or shell had hit the Jamnagar palace despite three consecutive air raids on it and a shower of shells aimed directly at it. In fact, Swami himself sent message to Indian Air Force that he would protect them. And this is what actually filled the Air Force officers with courage and boosted their morale and augmented their sense of duty. In fact, so many bombs dropped by Pakistanis missed their targets on the Jamnagar airfield. And in fact, the bombs fell helter-skelter often on the other side of the border. Swami also actually appeared before many Indian pilots and members of their families. In fact, he appeared before the wife of one of these Air Force officers and blessed her and told, I have come here to bless. She heard Bhagwan's voice. And just as this was happening, at that very moment, a shell which would have shattered her husband into pieces just fell a hundred yards away. I mean, that is how Bhagwan saved so many people during that Indo-Pakistan war in 1965 and also the life, the property and everything of the Maharaja and Maharani of Jamnagar. So after the war subsided, the Jam Sahib wanted to meet Bhagwan and now he somehow wanted to come to Puttaparthi and at this point in time his eyesight also was becoming bad and he was very weak and Puttaparthi in those days did not have any of those conveniences which would help someone from the royalty to live comfortably. Also, the Maharaja had a huge body and it was really very difficult for him to sit down. But somehow he reached Puttaparthi, undergoing all the inconveniences and trouble. And once he was here, uh, somehow he sat in front of the entry room with a chair. And Swami spoke to him with a lot of love. And Swami said that, you go, I will come. In fact, the Maharaja was so happy because Swami said that our connection has existed for very long. I have known you for any number of years. And Swami said, you are building the Somnath temple. I know 
you have been such a good king you have been such a great and compassionate ruler for all your subjects and then the maharaja asked swami if swami would restore his eyesight because he was only becoming blind and losing his eyesight every successive day and swami said i very well know your love for somnath and for dwarkadhish for the lord of dwarka krishna and i know why you want your eyes back i know that you want to see somnath i know you want to see the lord of dwarka and swami said but for that do you need outer vision why do you worry about outer vision it is the inner vision that is important you will have their darshan that is my responsibility swami assures jam sahib that it is my responsibility to give you that darshan so that is how the raja returns to jamnagar and the raja also invites bhagwan to come to jamnagar and swami says i will be with you in your palace at the right time so with these assurances swami sends tir maharaja back to jamnagar and the maharaja was so completely transformed after this meeting that his mental state completely changed earlier he would be short tempered any little thing would irritate him even a small change in a diet or routine would upset him but now he was completely composed and nothing would affect him he was almost like reaching a state of samadhi as swami says samadhi whatever happens you just accept it with a smile and nothing bothers you he only loved to listen to the scriptures and that is how he spent his time after he left prashantinilayam and then came the morning of 3rd of february 1966 at 2 o'clock in the morning on this day the jam sahib began to cough and he was not able to sleep the maharani tried to put him to bed again but he simply refused to lie down he walked to an armchair and he sat there quite contentedly he was only thinking about the time that he had spent with bhagwan and after a while even as he was sitting there in the chair completely rested and contented and very happy the maharani felt that he had become still the maharani touched him and there was no response the maharani felt his pulse and found no pulse immediately she summoned the doctors the doctors came and they too saw that there was no pulse in the raja's body but for some reason there was still life because they could see that his limbs above the chest somehow there was life in them even though there is no pulse there was life in him it was like life was sticking on to him there was some glow on his face there was something happening it's like the soul had not flown yet even though the body had suffered a massive heart attack that's what the doctor said and they said that he should lie down but maharaja would simply not lie down and maharani and the doctors they knew that something very strange was happening because the maharaja appeared to be caught up in an extraordinary force it was like some other force was just filling him with energy and he was 
moving and he was speaking he was seeing he was experiencing something that was so unusual and he was so much in peace and there was no pressure in the body no blood pressure no pulse but he was alive and he was at peace this miracle stunned the doctors it was as if the charm sahib was waiting for the right moment to go there was someone was there looking after his soul after a few moments at half past 4 during brahma muhurtam the jam sahib finally left the earth and in death he was supremely peaceful in fact the maharani says that i felt baba had come as promised to take him away it was such a beautiful way of reaching the ultimate destination his body and face were in a perfect state of serenity it was baba who was with him at that time who else can it be it was god who came to him at that right time to give him the divine darshan because baba had told the maharaja i will come and give you darshan at the right time so that was the moment when bhagwan came and took him for a darshan of somnath and dwarakadhish and granted him that moksha only after that his soul merged in him completely she says all of us felt that there was a superhuman presence and what serenity on his face in fact what also happened at this moment is even after the raja left the body his death was not announced it was not told to anyone in public and that night suddenly as the rajmata was there in her bedroom she heard the noise of a roll fall on her lampshade curiously when she opened she saw that it was a big picture of bhagwan and she was stupefied looking from how did this appear from nowhere this picture come into her room and then she receives a telegram and this telegram is sent to her by her niece who was in prashantinilayam at that point in time and this niece says that she is sending this telegram on the instance of shri satyasai baba in the telegram it says bhagwan says convey my blessings to the maharani she was very much worried as to what had happened to the soul of maharaja i was with him in the last moments i took him to somnath as per his last wish and granted him moksha so this is how maharani heard the message that bhagwan conveyed through nanda kumari her niece who was also the princess of kutch and they were related and this confirmed in her about bhagwan this is how she got introduced to swami and during the last rites of maharaja she invited mrs ratanlal because as i said they were friends and on that occasion when she saw mrs ratanlal and knowing that mrs ratanlal knows she is at sai baba and visited bhagwan she just asked her to talk about swami so from 5:30 
that day 5:30 in the evening till 9:30 they were only talking about bhagwan but she still had doubts because she had her own guruji and the gurus can have some power so easy some guru with some powers or who is he she had all her doubts still because she had heard that some of these gurujis can put people under maya and all that but after she heard all that mrs ratanal had to say about bhagwan that is when she thought i have to see swami and when bhagwan visited mumbai in march 1967 which happened a few days later that is when she calls up mrs ratanal and she says i want to see baba and you have to take me to baba and mrs ratanal at that point in time says that you know i need to check with bhagwan because i can go just like that for darshan you know i can wait in the crowd in the public but it cannot be so with you i'll have to take his permission so that you can go straight to where bhagwan is giving darshan and you don't have to wait and it is easy and comfortable for you and so she goes to bhagwan and she tells that swami this rajmata wants to see you and swami says okay please ask her to come the next day and that is how she comes in fact at that point in time there was so much crowd uh, near bhagwan's residence the rajmata very humorously in fact describes that meeting with bhagwan because there was so much of crowd she she says that it was good elbow work because there was a swarm of people pushing and shoving each other just to have bhagwan's darshan and swami actually was seeing these uh, group of royal ladies being pushed about and swami at that point in time sends a devotee volunteer to bring the rajmata and even though they go near swami swami immediately does not talk to them swami is very busy with the devotees and you know how bhagwan plays with them and the rajmata's uh, companions they say you know let's leave because you know we have come here but baba is so busy but the rajmata says no baba had said that he will talk to us and we have come and we will wait you know how bhagwan tests people he tests their patience their perseverance so that is how they were waiting for bhagwan and it was late in the afternoon and finally swami called the rajmata and when he called the rajmata swami also asked mrs ratanlal and told you sit next to the rajmata and she said no swami you have to talk to her in private swami said no i want you to sit next to her so that is how you know mrs ratanlal was so instrumental in bringing the rajmata to bhagwan and that one interaction that she had with swami that changed her everything because swami started telling her everything about her life about her woes because after the raja passed away the maharani became the rajmata of navanagar because her son who was the yuvraj he became the raja Her son was Sri Satrushalya Singh ji. Satrushalya Singh ji ascended the throne in April 1966 and when that happened the maharani became the rajmata of Navanagar and the maharani was very worried about the behavior of her son. She used to be always uh, thinking about what would happen to their subjects and to the ruling of all their people because she was not so happy with the way her son was ruling the kingdom. and that is when swami tells the rajmata that you don't have to be worried about your son from today i am your son 
please don't worry about anything so that is how swami comforted her and that was the time of her life when she felt that she has touched the lotus feet of the lord in fact after that she was the one who told everyone that swami is nothing and nobody other than lord shiva she was the one who told everyone don't get deluded by this maya or the natak that swami plays he is very good at that but don't get deluded swami is shiva he is sakshat parameshwar swarupa this is what the maharani the rajmata would tell everyone and that is how her journey began and in fact there are many instances later on about how her faith in bhagwan became so sturdy after that meeting with bhagwan in march 1967 swami tells her that i am now going to jamnagar after she saw bhagwan she requested swami also to come to jamnagar and that is how swami on 27th of march left from mumbai to jamnagar by plane he went to saurashtra so this is how the stories of mrs ratanlal and the rajmata of navanagar connect but before i go on i think i need to share some two three very very important events that happened in the life of rajmata because these were moments which confirmed in her who swami is because even though she had seen now so much of swami but once in a while there were those doubts because one reason was she had her own guru and many point in times used to think that you know is it okay for her to now follow another holy man because all her life she were going to her guruji and even though this guruji is who who told her about bhagwan so one day when she was in puttaparthi and there was a celebration going on in full swing and suddenly she got a phone call and when she returned back to where she was seated she saw that the person on the stage was not shri satyasai baba because she saw that the person who was giving discourse on the stage was not bhagwan she saw the face of her own guru maharaj and she thought that probably she is hallucinating so she pinches herself and she asks someone whom are you seeing and they say no it is sai baba but when she saw it was the vision of her guru maharaj and that was one confirmation to her that it is all the same it is the guru which brought her to bhagwan and she understood that you know the bodies are different but ultimately everything merges into the holy persona of shri satyasai baba and that's why the rajmata then said that it is better to go step by step in your convictions once you gain faith never doubt or waver there are bound to be tests on the way when you tread the spiritual path because strange are the tests and the ways of the divine but you must accept that and continue in your faith you should not let trials and tribulations discourage you or make you give up the opportunity of that unique experience she also had another very significant experience in those days bhagwan used to do vibhuti abhishekam we know on dasara days when swam used to pour vibhuti from an empty pot on to the idol of shirdi sai baba and once she thought that probably swami had cramped the pot of vibhuti pot with full of vibhuti beforehand as swami was rotating his hand vibhuti was getting loosened and it was falling dramatically as a cascade onto the silver idol of shirdi sai baba but one dasara when she saw vibhuti abhishekam and she was sitting very close she saw that 
as bhagwan's hand was churning this pot this inverted pot suddenly she heard this tinkling sounds and she saw precious stones and bits of gold and silver falling out of the pot along with the ash in fact it was not only her everyone saw that and the moment bhagwan removed his hand the outpouring stopped but the moment he put his right hand then these jewels started falling along with the vibhuti and this amazing shower continued till the shirdi baba idol was completely covered this shook the rajmata she could not believe that so many precious stones and metals could have somehow been hidden in the pot with the vibhuti and in her mind she asked forgiveness from bhagwan for doubting him and even as she asked for this forgiveness swami from the stage looked at her it was that look full of meaning it was almost sami was saying through his eyes so what do you say now after that incident the rajmata was so confirmed in bhagwan's divinity that she dedicated herself completely to his mission and she says such is bhagwan's greatness that when he is with us he makes it a point to be one of us to be like one of us like one of the members of the family so that we never feel overwhelmed by his superior powers but it is this compassion and this simplicity that makes him so touching so endearing he has limitless power yet he jokes and laughs like a little boy he enjoys not only creating things out of thin air but also doing all the work himself personally planning and supervising projects in fact all these facets of bhagwan enraptured the rajmata and that's how as i said she became a pillar of the satyasai mission becoming a part of the trust and making huge contributions in the building of so many institutions in prashantinilam in fact she always called bhagwan as kanaiya as her krishna and she always treated bhagwan also as her son in fact when she left her mortal coil bhagwan said now who will fight with me this is what bhagwan said now who is going to play and fight with me that is the endearing relationship that the rajmata had with bhagwan and the person instrumental in bringing the rajmata to bhagwan was mrs ratanlal and all this happened at a point in the life of mrs ratanlal when her faith was completely confirmed she was the one who told that it is not anyone else it is god you have to come and see and that is how this transformation jyot se jyot jalate chalo swami uses one light to light another light while he is that eternal effulgence of light and just like swami told the maharaja that you don't need the outer vision what you need is the inner vision i told you earlier how bhagwan lit that lamp of inner vision in the first darshan that mrs ratanlal had and then he did the same now with the maharaja and with the maharani every time he's trying to lit that light of lamp because as swami says our journey is the first the light is in me once that light comes in us then you are in the light and then you become the light that is the journey of mrs ratanlal that is the journey of every devotee and that is the journey of the rajmata of navanagar too so dear listeners let us pray to bhagwan that you know he lights that lamp of love that lamp of unquestioning faith in our life because once that happens then miracles begin to happen in our lives 
we'll continue this story in the next episodes there is so much more to mrs ratanlal's uh, journey with bhagwan perhaps i have to pick up just a few because otherwise it just goes on and on her story with bhagwan is so filled with such amazing lessons because she's undergone fantastic tests of bhagwan and come out of it very strongly so in the coming episodes we will dwell on some of these fantastic episodes from her life which are lessons for us which are training points for us as we walk on this path of becoming one with the light thank you so much and see you for the next episode of outside inside deep inside next week as we continue this beautiful story of a diamond of a devotee mrs ratanlal thank you so much sara prema swarup embodiments of love shanti ni lopalu unnadi kaani baite ledhu peace is within not outside outside no peace only peace sairam you just heard an episode of our program outside inside deep inside this was a segment of radio sai's thursday live hosted by bishop prushti and today's episode was first broadcast on 22nd march 2018 dear listener you can email us your feedback as always to listener@radiosai.org you can also whatsapp us to this number Nine three nine three two five eight two five eight. Thank you and side arm.